Welcome back to the Live AD 33 podcast, where we want to live in view of the cross of Jesus Christ and give current events eternal perspective. I'm your host, George Hellowa. The tagline of this podcast is putting current events into eternal perspective, and I can't imagine anything more current than the coronavirus and the events and the mood surrounding it, which means that there's nothing that demands eternal perspective right now more than this. Like so many of you, we've been restricting our gatherings, and and we had church online this past weekend. Usually, I, I even try to have my friend Jamie Cluck join me for hosting duties, and that has been proven to be difficult to coordinate. And so this past weekend... In light of all the closures, I I posted a special message online to my young adults and for anyone else who needed to hear it, and I wanted to share it here with you as well. So if you think that what I have to say is an encouragement, feel free to share with anybody that you think needs to hear it. So as we dive into this, let me just remind you to, to be safe, to be wise, to be encouraged, but don't be afraid. Thanks for taking the time to listen. Hey, everybody. It's Pastor George. I just wanted to make sure that we're all staying connected in the midst of this uh, self-isolation and all these things going on. It's hard to be part of a community and part of a church when we don't get to be together. So it was really important to me to share with you what we were already going to be teaching on this week. And I think it was so important for us to touch base and just to know that even though we're not all together, we're still unified by the Spirit of God. So I'm going to share with you a little bit of what I plan to share with you this Sunday and uh, for anybody else who gets to hear this, to be encouraged, to be blessed, and help us through this crazy, crazy time. So did you know that uh, you are supposed to be afraid? I mean, it's true. Uh, at least that's what you know they keep telling us. So, of course, uh, afraid of coronavirus, uh, afraid of the election, uh, afraid of socialism, afraid of climate change, afraid of the stock markets and uh, economic insecurity, afraid of running out of toilet paper. And that's just the public uh, fears. That doesn't have anything to do with your private fears or any of your personal concerns. And fear is powerful because it's it's crippling and it's controlling. Uh, It not only can keep you from stepping out in faith or or taking chances, but people can use it to manipulate and control other people. Uh, How much of our, uh, even our political process is is motivated by fear? Or how about the fear of missing out? Uh, How it's used as a mechanism to drive sales and, and other opportunities? Fear leads people to panic because uh, they react rather than respond. Uh, They don't have a plan or proper perspective on the situation. We're seeing firsthand now how how fear controls the economy or our buying habits, our our social interactions, how fear is shaping the world. Uh, What we're also seeing is that fear causes people to prioritize what's important. Now, fear isn't all bad. We have a built-in fight-or-flight intuition. It can keep us safe and it can protect us from harm. Uh, But fear should challenge us to take precautions and make preparations, not prevent us from living our life. Uh, The fear of crashing on my mountain bike uh, drives me to wear a helmet and gloves, but it doesn't keep me from riding my bike. Uh, It's why we wear seatbelts in cars. It's, It's why we wash our hands. And sometimes, sometimes it's why we cancel events. Now, fear is such a significant part of our culture and our makeup as humans, that it gets addressed a lot in Scripture. In fact, there are some passages of Scripture that I find so relevant, so teachable, I find myself coming back to them time and time again and drawing new truths out of them every time. As we look at what it means to be a disciple, 
there's a story in Mark that demonstrates so clearly the relationship that we should have with fear in light of our relationship with Jesus. In Mark 4.35, it says, On that day, when evening had come, he said to them, Let us go across to the other side. And leaving the crowd, they took him with them in the boat, just as he was, and the other boats were with him. And a great windstorm arose, and the waves were breaking into the boat, uh, so that the boat was already filling. But he was in the stern, asleep on the cushion. And they woke Jesus up, and they said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? And he awoke, and he rebuked the wind, and said to the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. And he said to them, Why are you so afraid? Have you still no faith? And they were filled with great fear. And they said to one another, Who then is this, that even the wind and the sea obey him? Now, there's two main takeaways from this passage I want us to get. And I know I've preached this passage before, and if you've been around, you've heard it. And it always reveals something new to me. And the first thing is this. As disciples, we should not be afraid. Jesus asked an important question. He said to them, Why are you so afraid? Have you still no faith? And I feel like what he was really asking was, Have you still no faith in me? Now, see, our level of fear is directly related to the intimacy of our relationship with God. How well do we know Jesus? Because Jesus actually eliminates some of the things that usually bring us fear. Now, that doesn't mean we're never afraid, but it does mean that we are equipped to handle fear. In the boat, the disciples really didn't realize who was with them, which is why they asked, Who is this, that even the wind and the waves obey him? And so often the doubt and the faithlessness we have in regards to our circumstances is a direct faithlessness in the God of our circumstances. Asking, how is it that you have no faith, is a direct challenge to their powers of observation. At this point, Christ has already proven supremacy over both the spiritual and the physical world through healings and casting out of demons. So at this point, what are waves and wind? See, dozens of times when Jesus or an angel appears or when his people are given direction, they are told, do not fear. Do not be afraid. Uh, Whether it's his presence at a burning bush, his command to enter the promised land, uh, appearing before Mary to announce her pregnancy, or, or to Joseph to affirm the pregnancy, or to the disciples as they face the risen Jesus. And the admonition is usually coupled uh, to a promise. Fear not, I am with you. Fear not, I will help you. Fear not, I will strengthen you. Fear not, I have redeemed you. And the reason that God tells us uh, not to fear or to be afraid is because he understands that fear is crippling. Fear is a purpose killer. Fear will keep you from God's best because it causes us to panic and to operate solely within our own limited understanding. But ultimately, fear asks the question, can we trust God? That's essentially what the disciples were asking Jesus as they wake him up from his nap. Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? See, God does not want us to be afraid of external circumstances because he is the God of all of our circumstances. And what's going on here in the boat is they're questioning and and the circumstances are overwhelming them. And and we fear, we fear what we cannot control or prevent or what we don't understand. But, But let's remember this. God knows the unknowable. God controls the uncontrollable. God prevents the unpreventable. Is there anything more unknowable uncontrollable, or or even unpreventable than the direction and power of wind and waves. But these are nothing to Jesus. And what is it that, that you fear? 
What is it that's unknowable or uncontrollable or, or seems inevitable that overwhelms you? Because I guarantee that in the midst of them, were we to turn around and see Jesus there, he would tell us not to worry. And why not worry? With everything seemingly so bleak these days, it is easy not to feel that we should panic at least a little. Shouldn't we take stuff seriously? Uh, so let's ask a question. What's the worst that can happen? Uh, and for the disciples, that answer was easy. They could, they could die. But for believers, is death something to fear? Really? For, for Christians, is, it, is that really the worst thing that can happen? 2 Corinthians 5.8 says, Yes, we are of good courage, and we would rather be away from the body and at home with the Lord. Philippians 1.21, For to me, to live is Christ, and to die is gain. In other words, our life is Christ, and when we die, we get more of Christ. Or maybe a loved one dying. 1 Thessalonians 4.13 and 14, And now, dear brothers and sisters, we want you to know what will happen to the believers who have died so that you will not grieve like people who have no hope. Uh, for since we believe that Jesus died and was raised to life again, we also believe that when Jesus returns, God will bring back with him the believers who have died. From the world's perspective, death is the worst thing that can happen. But from a disciple's perspective, the worst thing is having no hope. Consider these encouraging words uh, from Romans 8.35. Can anything ever separate us from Christ's love? Does it mean he no longer loves us if we have trouble or calamity or are persecuted or hungry or destitute or in danger or threatened with death? As the scriptures say, for your sake, we are killed every day. We are being slaughtered like sheep. No, despite all of these things, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loved us. The point is this, and Jesus said it, I have said these things to you that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but take heart, I have overcome the world. There is nothing in this world, wind, waves, or whatever, that Jesus does not overcome. So as his disciples and as his children, we need not fear. And I told you when I started that there were two things this passage teaches us, but I want us to rest on the first one this week. I want us to rest in the promises of God. I want us to remember that the world ultimately has no power over us. And finally, rejoice that we serve a Lord that controls the wind and the waves. So fear not, wash your hands, and don't let the world tell you what you should be afraid of. Because Jesus has overcome the world. I love you, and we'll see you soon. God bless you. All right, so stay tuned for more updates in the next couple of weeks. Uh, as this kind of carries on, we're going to try and stay in communication, try and encourage one another. And if there's someone that comes to mind that you know needs a little bit of encouragement, needs someone just to reach out to them, show them some love, you know, be that person. Be the person that reaches out, encourages them, and and uh, helps them get through this this difficult time. Let's let's go through this together because we are better together. So if you uh, want to more, know more about our relationship with Jesus Christ, if you have thoughts, comments, you just want to say hi, make sure you email us at live 8033 at gmail.com. If you liked what you heard today, be sure to subscribe for more content and share it with your friends. Our music today is by Lee Rosevear. You can check out his stuff at freemusicarchive.org. And as always, my name is George Hellowa. You've been listening to the Live 8033 podcast, where as always... We want to live in view of the cross of Christ and give current events eternal perspective. We'll talk to you soon.